Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance. Join our hosts as they discuss a wide range of topics and speak with leading cybersecurity, technology, and compliance experts. Now is the time for Secure Talk. Everybody, welcome to Secure Talk. Secure Talk is brought to you by AdaQuest, your cybersecurity and compliance partner. My name is Mark Schreider, and I'll be your host for this episode of Secure Talk. Today, we are being joined by the CEO of AdaQuest, Hiram Machado. Hiram uh, is going to talk to us about or give us some ideas in terms of how an organization can get started on the path to improving their cybersecurity posture. Hiram, how are you doing today? Hey, Mark, I'm doing great. That's good to hear. Um, so, you know, uh, we get a lot of questions about, you know, uh, how, what is the first thing we can do to start improving our cybersecurity, uh, our, our security posture, or, you know, what, what can we do to spot potential issues? And, you know, people give all kinds of advice like, well, maybe you should get a pen test or get an assessment done or, you know, do a network scan. And, uh, you know, what approach would you recommend in terms of, well, it could be somebody who's new in the role as a CISO or anybody who, who they, they're coming in and they're like, you know what, where are we at in terms of our cybersecurity posture? What approaches would you advise? Yeah, I think that um, uh, what you just mentioned, where are we at is the, the right question to answer, right? And not every IT organization has that answer in their primitive, right? Uh, uh, the uh, IT infrastructure, they grow organically in many organizations. Some organizations start very small, they keep growing and growing, and they keep adding services and infrastructure to the already existing um, IT infrastructure. And sometimes it gets off hand, right? Sometimes you just grow to a point where you have people who come and who leave the organization. Uh, you may set up a server somewhere, and eventually that server is no longer being used, but whomever set it up left the organization. Now we have a server there sitting there that not a lot of people have awareness of. So it is definitely important to have some level of assessment that, that gives you the, the information about, right? Uh, more, perhaps more accurate information about where, you know, where, where we stand, where we are. Uh, um, so a, a network assessment, right? An IT network assessment, probably a place to start, right? Uh, I would not recommend necessarily the pen test from the get-go. Uh, it's probably to understand to, you know, understand the assets that you have, what kind of assets, where they are. Uh, I had a customer once, for example, that, you know, we found out that it was a 2003 FTP server hanging there that nobody had awareness it was there, right? With a node software installed and it was just there in a room <laughs> and it was still active. So what's the, what's the, what's, the what's the danger of that? Well, um, first of all, it's out, out of sight, right? And being out of sight, you don't, you know, you, you're not properly maintaining it. So you're probably uh, in that case, for example, uh, of course it was a 2003 version, didn't have the latest security patch. In fact, 2003 is no longer even supported. So, so uh, hi, hi, highly vulnerable for exploitation. Very vulnerable, yeah. uh, extremely vulnerable, right? Uh, in fact, um, in, in that particular example, um, any, any hacker could could easily <laughs> break through through that server because it was not maintained. 
Right. So you want to do some type of network scan to identify, one, all the, the infrastructure you have, um, all the d- different t- types of devices, um, and, then, and then spot or flag uh, potential devices that um, are potentially out of service or aren't being used, aren't being utilized, because obviously there's a security issue there. There's also a cost of ownership that goes along with that as well, right? I mean, you're, you're, you have a device that's um, not being used. Uh, absolutely, you know the uh, um, the cost of, of ownership, the cost of uh, the potential cost of, of a security breach that you know that can happen. Uh, but when we are looking at the network scanning, we're not looking at only at uh, workstations and servers. We are also looking at you know your uh, the status of your AD, right? Your uh, Active Directory. How is our Active Directory? How how is the the last password reset? You know uh, policies. In place, right? Uh, we look at last time that anybody um, um, reset a password compared to the last time uh, an account did a login in, in the in, in the system. So, in many cases, uh, I, sh- I I shall say in most cases uh, that we do a network assessment, we do find, you know, uh, I have seen uh, last password reset as as back as in 2000. 2005. Uh, so a user is using the same password, uh, um, a username and password for the last 15 years. So there's a very good chance that that user used the same email, the same password someplace else, right? Just to log in on a website somewhere in the world, uh, just to create a credential somewhere in the world, and, um, and, and extremely vulnerable uh, uh, to, you know, uh, to a, a identity, you know, theft and, and an attack via uh, identity theft. Can you, by doing some type of network scan or infrastructure scan, can you also get an idea of, you know, the different apps that uh, that a company or, or individuals in the company are using? Um, that's uh, in any network scan. That should be definitely a a a one uh, aspect of what you need to look at. Um, you have applications uh, both on the web, right? That might be, might be, might might be utilized by some of, of the employees in that organization without knowledge. Um, one example uh, company, they had about this was an, a scanning for a very large organization. They have about a hundred thousand employees, um, and uh, the scanning showed that there were about more than fifteen hundred applications. Uh, being used that IT did not have any knowledge of, right? Uh, There were just applications that users decide to install in their, you know, in their devices. Maybe you have a CRM in your company and there are hundreds of CRM tools out there that you can download, you can install it, you enter your credentials, and now that application is accessing your data, right? But without IT governance, without having an ITI into that application, we don't know if that application, even, even if it's legit to start with, if it's legit, does it com- is it built with security awareness in mind? And uh, does it, you know, uh, is it leaking information? Uh, is it a vector, you know, of, uh, of uh, potential uh, entry in your organization? So getting uh, uh, governance over application management is extremely important. So, absolute an inventory 
of what are the applications in your system, which ones we have vetted, which ones we have not, you know, often you find a lot of overlap in terms of applications being used for the same purpose. Uh, you might want to consider a standardization of one or another application. Those are the, the considerations to look at. And having that inventory is the first step towards a towards better governance over you know application management in your organization. And what about IoT devices and uh, you know BYOD devices? Does a network scan help you identify potential issues there as well? Huh. great question. Um, absolutely, IoT IoT is a big concern today, right? Uh, um, I don't know if you know that, Mark, but most um, the, the, the challenge with the IoT is that those are single-purpose devices, right, compared to a multi-purpose device such as a laptop or even a phone, right? And um, uh, often those single-purpose devices, they don't have the same computer power or storage space, right, as the multi-purpose device that we are used to, right? So they're often very limited to... Uh, uh, the ability of, you know, making sure that it, they are secure, there is no no leak what's, or, or something or a more serious problem. So there is definitely, uh, that is something else that we want to look at. Um, what kind of, of, not only, what kind of devices, right, are connecting to your network so you can make the right decision and put the right mechanism in place for protecting and defending yourself against those, you know, uh, those devices that could potentially be an issue, uh, given that they don't have the same capability uh, of, of defense as, as a laptop, or yeah. the same mechanism as a laptop, for example. I mean, I can imagine stepping into a role as a CISO or, you know, CIO of a large organization, and, and, you know, and from the CEO down and the board of directors, everybody's saying, remember, cybersecurity is top priority. You know, information security is a top priority. Compliance is a top priority. And you've got to figure out, okay, yes, that's, I got that. But, you know, what do we have? What are our vulnerabilities? How do we start to develop a roadmap? And if you don't have this type of snapshot that you can get from the network uh, scan that you just described it'd be incredibly tough to kind of pull all this together. I mean, can you imagine going to your infrastructure people and saying, I need a schematic of, of all of our devices and I need, you know, and I need to know in service, out of service, et cetera, et cetera. That's one challenge. But then another challenge, if you're in that role, is to come up with recommendations that aren't too prohibit prohibitively expensive. Because in most organizations, security is kind of considered just an expense, right? It's not, it's not perceived as a, an investment in business operations that's going to re return a potential ROI. That's changing, but in most organizations. So in that role, you still need to oftentimes justify your recommendations. And I've, I've seen some of the, um, the reports that Adequest has pulled together where you um, can scan a network and you know basically catalog all the devices flag any any devices or any uh, you know out of date passwords or or any you know unserviced apps or or um, non sanctioned apps um, and and some of the iot devices that may have issues as well um, but you're also able to make recommendations 
that that justify themselves because they in oftentimes are able to reduce the total cost of ownership. So tell us a little bit about how that works. Yes, and that is a fantastic question because uh, I think the, the other component that we need to um, consider, and uh, we are discussing here this snapshot of where we are today, right? How important that is, understand where we are today. But that's going to be relevant and extremely relevant once if you also understand where you want to go, right? <laughs> so I have my starting point and what's my end game, right? Where do I want to go? So one, having that vision and understanding of, you know, what do I want to achieve is very important. With the understanding of that you, you can't make that happen overnight, right? It's, it, you're going to have to work for it. And, uh, and more often than not, most organizations cannot absorb uh, uh, too many projects at the same time, right? Too many uh, moves at the same time, right? So a, a, a snapshot of the current situation will often lead to, okay, I have identified so many areas that we can improve. And that if you make a move in that area, if you make an adjustment in that area, if you make a modernization of, you know, an application or a device in that area that will get us closer to that destination that we have a vision to get closer to, right? Uh, it's great. Uh, but with those two things together, now we can start to put that in a time frame, right? Okay, so what's, what would be an approximate budget for each one of those initiatives that, that I, 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 you know, I can potentially do and work on to improve our security posture, right? And let's, let me put that in a timeline kind of view and see how much budget do I need? How much time do I need? with a mindset that this is going to be a journey, right? That's all right, Hiram. I mean, we can just keep yeah. talking because um, everybody's working from home these days and there's a lot of background noise, so don't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know why my phone's just, Siri, my phone is just asking questions. But anyway, uh, so now we have that, that destination um, uh, uh, view you, and you have now the path. Now I, I look at it and say, okay, now... How can we consume this? In my organization, how fast can we go, right? How much can we do at a time? Do I have the right expertise for each one of these initiatives that are potential for us? And, uh, and you go from there. So that's, that's the, the, I think, the two aspects that's very important. Before you have the roadmap is what's my, you know, the snapshot of where I am and the vision where, of where I want to go. So what's involved in terms of doing a network scan? I mean, I, I'm not asking you to identify any specific software because I think you use a, a, a variety of tools depending on the customer situation, uh, you know, the, their size, um, yes. where they're at, are they are they on-prem, are they hybrid, are they cloud, you, you know, et cetera. But basically what's involved, regardless of the tool that's used, in, in, but in terms of time and effort from the customer, what's needed? Yeah. Well, um, I would say that a, 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 a total uh, uh, snapshot would take at least um, a, three to four weeks to turn around, okay? Uh, we are talking about setting up some, um, some um, uh, scanning tool that will, you know, uh, scan through your network and collect all of that data. Uh, usually you do that in a, in a in a machine, you know, domain join machine. You you do set up the scanning too, 
and it starts to go and ping the different services that you have in your organization and collect the data. Uh, one of the reasons why we, uh, uh, we recommend a two to three weeks, no, I would say three to four weeks turnaround is because part of the information that we are trying to collect is, is related to databases, right? We want to know how many IOs, right? Uh, input and output of, from each database you have on average for a period of time. We want to know how much your, the CPU, right, of your servers and RAM memory of your servers are being utilized in a period of time. So we usually, a collection of that data for a, a, couple, a couple of weeks to three weeks is the right amount for us to get a good sense of the average, right? I don't want a snapshot of that information in a day because I may, you know, get that information from a peak day, right, when you're utilizing it too much or get information from a day that, you know, the service not, you know, be, being used too much. So you want to average out uh, that kind of information. We call it ARC data, actual resource consumption data, right? So we, we look at the ARC data for a period of a couple of weeks, two, three weeks. Um, and then from there, there is quite a bit of work to consolidate a report. There is, it's a lot of raw data that we collect. So analyze that, get the right information out of it, right? So we can present both uh, tactfully to the team in terms of, you know, this is the, what you can actually do uh, to improve, right? Um, uh, your security posture or, or this is what it might take to migrate this service to the cloud. You know, this is, you know, an, an idea. And with that information, you can provide an idea of what's your cost today, right, to run these operations. And what would be your, your cost should you go to a, a cloud environment? If, if that's interesting for you. So we can do those comparisons. But most interesting is that we do those comparisons, not doing a one-to-one -one parallel of the infrastructure that you have on your on-premise with that same infrastructure on the cloud. Usually, that infrastructure on the cloud will be cost prohibitive, right? However, most organizations are underutilizing their current you know, data centers, right? They have more capacity than what they are actually utilizing. That's Cause, very cause common. Because the, they're building capacity to, to handle peak requirements, but peak might be one out of 10 days, once a month, but they need it there just in case. But with the cloud, you can scale as you- as, You can as, scale up and down, yeah. right, as needed. So now we can optimize that, that you know, the, the, that, the utilization and then do some calculations that shows what would be the cost of ownership on the cloud with an optimized um, environment that will not suffer from any of the, you know, you, you have the same uh, performance, will not suffer from a performance perspective, but will um, uh, and will perform the same way, but will cost a lot less and potentially and most likely be easier to maintain and manage, right? It does require knowledge of managing a system in the cloud as opposed to doing a system uh, on-premise, but um, it's it's definitely not more complex. It's the opposite. It's, it should be easier to manage and maintain. So we do that, the, the scanning. We also usually look, you know, use some other tools to look in some uh, areas of, you know, of vulnerabilities. We look at some, uh, 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 some cybersecurity areas 
And uh, with a consolidated report with that X-ray, I call it, right, of your network now, you know, and having the vision of where you go, now let's build a plan. Excellent. Uh, it sounds... It sounds like a very valuable report. Um, it, it also sounds like it might be somewhat in, in effort intensive. Um, for your customers, what's required? Yeah, not a whole lot, right? Um, what we do is uh, with a, a, a domain joint machine, you know, some, uh, some of our um, specialists will just uh, work through uh, pointing right that machine to the right services. Uh, from the customer perspective, what we need is a is the global admin usually that will help entering the right credentials for the right services, so the information can be collected. Um, we don't get those credentials, we don't see those credentials. All stays there, um, but the global admin will you know have to give us you know some time. Uh, and during that period of uh, two to three weeks. We may need his assistance, uh, you know, for a couple of hours a week um, to fine-tune a service or, or, or point to a new, you know, uh, a new database that we we identified but we couldn't get to and get the right credentials and those kind of things. And uh, and then after that is on us to produce a report and uh, and usually spend uh, you know two to you know sometimes three to four hours. Um, with the executive team uh, presenting the, the the results, so it's not, you know, um, it's not labor intense for the customer. How about uh, at all? How about costs? Um, it sounds, I mean, it sounds like this would be a very valuable piece of information to have. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, what's it going to cost me? Yes, that's a very good question. Um, of course, it depends on the complexity, right, uh, of your of your network, right. Uh, uh, I would say if you want to think about the low end, right, of cost, uh, it could be somewhere in the in the neighborhood of five thousand dollars. Not, you know, terribly expensive, um, but it could be, you know, in I would say the neighborhood of thirty thousand for a more, you know, robust and complex. Uh, infrastructure, uh, so we probably, you know, navigate fall somewhere in between, you know, most customers. And um, I, I, I think that I heard you once say that um, in most cases the customers are able to to save the cost of the report uh, based upon you know following the recommendations because they reducing total cost of ownership or eliminating potential security issues, etc. Right. Well, the, the result is, is, like I said, security is a journey, right, mm-hmm. uh, and, and compliance. So there will be a lot of low-hanging fruits, right, mm-hmm. that you, you probably can act on right away. And in that case, it will, um, um, you know, you see the result right away. And almost always it outweighs the, the benefit, outweighs the cost right away. Right. And then more. Right as you progress um, through the, the different initiatives that may have been identified to work on. Uh, you, you'd mentioned earlier that you know you'd, you'd come across some some interesting things like uh, you know passwords that hadn't been reset uh, since like 2005, for example. Uh, 
what are some of the more some of the other interesting things that you've come across? <laughs> yeah, well, all kind of things. Uh, one uh, one of the last ones that we did, uh, we were all amazed. Uh, the customer and us were all amazed with the number of uh, um, Excel files throughout the network named passwords. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. <laughs> it almost sounds like almost sounds like a honeypot type exercise where they were just baiting people to come after this stuff. But <laughs> I did. At some point, we were like, "Are they trying to trick us here?" Like that. <laughs> uh, do they want to know? Do they want to know if we really find this? But, uh, <laughs> and. Um, but uh, we find that uh, very common, right? Mm. Uh, the what we call shadow IT, right? Mm -hmm. Often the customers get surprised with the amount of applications being used and installed in their machines that they don't have awareness of. Um, it's very often to find, um, uh, uh, you know, for them to realize how behind uh, the patches, secured patches, uh, there are. In the servers, it's very hard hard to keep up with, and more often than not, they they get surprised with with the fact that you know some of the servers were not patched. And in um, one of the one interesting example, I, I think I kind of mentioned it at the beginning, the FTP server that was forgotten. Right? Um, what happened was that they flipped the, a room, right, in that particular customer where that FTP server was sitting one day, and they flipped the room to do something else with that room. But uh, when they were flipping the room, nobody knew what to do with that server and what that was for. And they just put the server in a, in a kind of, kept it inside a closet kind of place, <laughs> right? and kind of flipped the room. And they were using the room for something else now, and uh, nobody ever knew there was a server there, <laughs> right? Wow. So when we point out that there is a server there, we start to trace the server tried to find it. It was inside a closet in a room that used to be an IT room a long time ago and uh, was no longer an IT room. And the server, you know, one day somebody decided to just keep it in the corner there. <laughs> and uh, and that it was, right? A very old server still running <laughs> there and nobody was aware of. So that's the some of the, the things that we that we find. Not to count the password reset is, is usually shocking to see, for people to see how um, you know how back it, it goes you know, mm. without resetting passwords, and uh, and also uh, you know uh, the passwords are uh, most clients have the passwords set to never expire passwords. So that's another point that we make. You know, set it to expire at some point, and uh, that will force users to reset. But most organizations, you know, um, have some legacy systems or never uh, really put that in place. It's all all interesting and um, I think educational findings there. Hey, um, you know, I, I have to apologize because I mean, well, first off, thank you for sharing the information about the the network scans, and I, I think that it's obviously very clear that any organization needs to have a baseline understanding of where they're at um, and what they have, what potential issues there are, and and opportunities to to reduce TCO or total cost of ownership as well. And doing one of these type of nets, network scans would be uh, clearly a logical uh, choice to to start with. Um, but I, I have to apologize because usually when I start off um, a, a podcast, I, I start off with some small talk and, and chit chat, and we didn't really get into that. So let's um, let's go to that now. All right. So t tell me, um, I, it's been a while since we've had you on Secure Talk. It's been well over, I guess, a year. 
Um, what's been going on with AdaQuest recently? Um, thank you for asking. Well, um, quite a bit, right? Uh, we are um, uh, we have launched our um, branch in Brazil, right? And uh, we are uh, definitely growing um, uh, market share in Brazil. Our uh, CSP program with licenses, uh, both in US and Brazil, have been going strong and grow. So we're helping more customers with um, acquisition of their licenses as well. And uh, and there is a new program um, that uh, you know called Fast Track with Microsoft that we support you know customers, uh, uh, Microsoft customers that have more than 150 licenses. We can often provide them some level of support for deployment at no cost to them. So that's been uh, an interesting uh, um, service <laughs> uh, uh, that you know we we have been. Uh, got the credentials to support these customers, and now we, uh, that's been a very successful program that we are running uh, in the organization. And Excellent, and with I, more customers. It seems like every day that the the company's uh, adding new people and adding new customers. Uh, what's up uh, in in terms of? I mean, mo- most of the work that Adequest does is in the in the Microsoft ecosystem. Most of it, not all of it, but but most of it's there. Um, what exciting things do do you see happening with with Microsoft? Well, uh, the interesting thing is, I think how um, uh, the focus that Microsoft has put around security and compliance. I think that is a trend in the world of um, of you know in uh, uh, the need actually of developing more um, regulations, if you will, around the treatment of data, right? So you see that with the GDPR kind of being the most famous regulation that we, we you know most people might might recognize in Europe, right? But th- that need is legitimate, right? We have our data out there, right? Our data is more exposed than ever digitally, right? Mm-hmm. So there has to be some level of, you know, of regulation that gives us users, right, the confidence that we can go ahead and give that you know our information to somebody, and know that you know proper care right they, they will be in place right for the day for our personal data for our personal information. So I I do you know I know it can be a pain, but I do appreciate right the fact that there is uh, something being being done about it about the regulation. And I think when I, when you ask about Microsoft, I think they they uh, you know, they outstand uh, um, compared to many others when it comes to their level of commitment to provide the right um, uh, uh, capabilities, right, and controls to help organizations to uh, comply with those regulations. You know, should they be GDPR, HIPAA, uh, uh, or just a, a framework of reference such as NIST or, or COVID or something else. So uh, I, I really appreciate and enjoy helping organizations uh, getting uh, closer to compliance, right? That is, the, the compliance is also a journey uh, with those regulations. And also seeing the, through that, with, through that compliance, we see that the systems are indeed more secure and robust, right? And uh, we are uh, preventing people from attack, from being, you know, uh, from being a victim of of, uh, of attacks. Uh, just to give you some idea, uh, uh, some statistics shows that 
uh, most, and I forgot the percentage, but most small business, when they suffer a major attack, they are out of business in six months. Wow. Right. And, 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 and that is what we want to prevent. We want to help those organizations, uh, number one, not to, to have an attack. And if they do, right, they, there is a saying in, in the security business that says, you know, if you, you know, a company, there's two types of companies in America, the ones that have been hacked and the ones that don't know yet they have been hacked. Yeah. And um, so uh, most organizations uh, are, you know, targets. However small they are, they're still a target. But, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I feel good when I, I see that we, we contributed to, um, you know, keeping these organizations stronger and, and safer. <laughs> no, it feels really good to, uh, to be on the good side and helping, helping companies, you know, get on with their, their mission and not have to worry so much about potential issues. Um, I, I actually just got an email, not an email, a, a, a mail, a letter from my uh, from my university saying that uh, the alumni association database had been breached and these are the types of information that were out there they had decided to pay the ransom actually um they they were breached uh and were held ransom in terms of if if they didn't pay the ransom the attackers were going to release the data or sell the data on the dark web they paid the ransom and now they've been uh, they've been monitoring the dark web to see if any of the uh, compromised data has actually been released or is being sold. And so far, to date, according to them, it hasn't. But it's 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 kind of scary, you know. And um, if you can help these organizations or these uh, small businesses to protect their data, protect their customers, that's a that's a great thing. Um, and one other thing is, you know, compliance is so can be so complicated. And hard to get your mind around because some organizations have to deal with GDPR and potentially HIPAA and the California version of, of you know the California Data Privacy Act um, or a, a variety of myriad. I mean, in Brazil, you have a, 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 a version of GDPR. China has a version of GDPR, right? Um, and and I, I think one of the, the things that Microsoft has done um, is with their compliance manager is to basically bring all of those regulations into one dashboard and then monitor your tenant and, and show you where you're at. Um, and I mean, are you seeing companies use that? Yes, more and more, right? And, um, it's, uh, and that's one great example of what I meant with you know, uh, Microsoft's commitment to uh, uh, support organizations uh, with compliance, right? Uh, and security and compliance. Uh, yes, more and more organizations are embracing uh, the compliance manager. The good thing is for all customers that already have uh, um, Office 365 subscription, they already have compliance manager, right? There's no additional cost to them. Uh, what they might need help with, right, is help with orientation and, you know, and, uh, uh, and a strategy to, uh, to maintain compliance and, and, uh, and monitor, right, actions around you know uh, becoming compliant and that's what compliance manager is for there for right and uh, a lot of our customers that we engage with we engage exactly with that purpose to to build up a plan and set up a path you know of uh, of uh, uh, increased uh, compliance with whatever regulation they might looking for being compliant with well that in a combination with the the network scan you described earlier 
and and many of the other services that Equest um, offers definitely are valuable. And obviously, I mean, you know, judging by the growth of your business, um, are, are being well received in the market. So, Hiram, hey, it's been uh, it's been great talking to you, and um, look forward to uh, to having you on the show again sometime soon. Thank you, Mark. It's great to be here. You take Thank care. You, anytime. Cheers. Bye bye. Bye. Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance. Join our hosts as they discuss a wide range of topics and speak with leading cybersecurity, technology, and compliance experts. Now is the time for Secure Talk.